Empty Set Entertainment presents Slay, created by Scott Sigler. This story is intended for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. Junkie, how are you now? Not so bad, and you? Not so bad. Welcome to episode number 21 of Slay. A tiny, tiny bit of news for you. If you haven't seen this info at my Facebook, which is facebook.com slash Scott Sigler, follow me there, or on Twitter, which is twitter.com slash Scott Sigler, follow me there, or you don't get our sweet, sweet SMS text, which you can text SIGTEXT to 855-955-5095, that's S-I-G-T-E-X-T, to 855-955-5095, then you may not know. You may not know that the Ants Nimmin I told you about in Slay episode 20 now has a name. If you recall, Ants Nibbin stands for awesome novel that shall not yet be named. I complained to the publisher. I'm like, hey, you guys, I got it. I got to give my people something, right? I got to give them something. And they have allowed me to tell you the name and nothing else. The name of the project is Warpath. And that's all I can tell you. I don't have a publication date. I can't tell you the publisher's name. I can't tell you the plot. I can't tell you the setting. I can't tell you anything about the book because NDAs are weird, man. But, but I can tell you this is not a YA story. I can't tell you that it has lots and lots of violence and that it is not a Siglerverse book. But hey, at least you know the title, right? Let's get you caught up on Slay's story so far. And then we're all going to wonder just what the hell is Warpath about? Previously on Slay, Lincoln is in Wyoming, tracking down a monster. If he succeeds in killing it, he'll be rewarded with a magical bracelet he can use to pay Kalista to keep his son safe. Meanwhile, Ariella's contractors continue to make improvements on the Old Stone Church, and Magda tries to get to know Billy. Is he the relatively innocent kid he seems to be, or is he hiding the truth? Find out next on Slay, episode number 21. As a kid, Lincoln had wanted to be a cowboy. He didn't have Magda's love for movies, but he had sung deep into gunslinging fare like Pale Rider, Once Upon a Time in the West, For a Few Dollars More, and High Noon. He'd been mesmerized by the quick-draw duels, the mano-a-mano tests of speed, accuracy, and will. Good thing he hadn't become an actual cowboy, though, because the word cow was part of it, and it turned out that cows stank. He steered his ATV in a slow curve, making the three head of cattle move away from it, guiding them closer to the spot Shitbird had identified. The cows reeked. Lincoln had smelled worse, of course. When you spend your life hunting man-eating monsters, you're going to run into some stinky stuff. But the things that smelled worse weren't things he actually ate. When he got home, he might have to take a pass on hamburger for a few weeks. He liked the ATV, though. The thing was solid, carrying him across the wide-open spaces of Svetlana's ranch. He wished he could have the ATV's big, open cargo area on the back of his motorcycle, but that wouldn't work in the city. Maybe an hour until sunset. He needed to be ready the moment night came. Wyverns were nocturnal hunters. He would have one easy shot at this. 
If he messed it up, things would get a lot harder. Hopefully, this wyvern was one of the dumb ones. Dumb ones were hard enough to kill. Smart ones were doubly dangerous. Open spaces. They freak Lincoln out a bit. All this land, all this sky, nowhere to hide. Worse, if things went south, nowhere to run. This ATV wouldn't get him far. He'd have to stand and fight a one-ton flying lizard. A guy could get hurt that way. He curved behind the three cows and came up on their other side, keeping them moving, keeping them close together. Yeah, doggies, he yelled. Get to rustling. Was that the right phrase? Ah, it didn't matter. This was stinky, and it was dangerous, but it was also fun. The sun descended toward the horizon, setting the Wyoming sky afire. Wouldn't be long now. Magda set the 50 caliber round on the desk. Holy shit, Billy said. That's longer than a damn dollar bill. You could plug a two liter of Fizzo with that thing. Fizzo was Carney Grocery's generic brand. It wasn't great, but it was cheap. Magda preferred the pawberry red flavor. They couldn't legally call it strawberry, apparently, on account it had no real juice in it. Ah, whatever. It went well with both pizza and vodka. I mean, it's huge, Billy said. You one of these will kill that wyvern thing? Magda lay the round on its side. Not by itself, she said. Monsters heal up real quick from normal weapons. They can even survive a headshot. You mean like Wolverine in X2? Yet another movie reference. Magda flipped up her magnification goggles. When you first got here, you said Link did something right out of hard target. Can't imagine that's a well-known flick for someone your age. I mean, I was a little kid when it came out. And you spout obscure lines from the Blues Brothers to boot. You know your classics. I'm impressed. Billy shrugged. Until I was like 14 or so, Grandma didn't let me go out much. We watched a lot of movies. Me and Grandma and... He hesitated. Whoever the third person was, Billy didn't feel comfortable saying his name. You know, just me and Grandma mostly. Magda reached into a desk drawer, fished around until she found a small glass vial. She set it on the desktop. Billy held up both hands, and his eyes grew wide. Man, if that's nurple, I'm not doing it. It's not nurple. It's thread work. She removed the dropper, held it up. It's made by Breezy Bejeezy and Cordis. The bad side of town, not where you were. This is a mixture of filaments of distilled anguish twined with the killing dreams of predators. Watch. She squeezed one single droplet onto the bullet's tip. The reddish-black fluid oozed down the metal. A drip formed, threatening to plop onto the desktop. Operculum ac pedibari, Magda said. The droplet shivered like a stuttering heartbeat. It spread across the bullet, enveloped it, then dried instantly in a black cherry sheen. This coating slows down the magic healing, she said. Think will probably try to put a round in the wyvern's noggin, then cut off his head before it can heal up. 
Damn, Billy said. Is that stuff toxic? I mean, does it cause cancer or anything? It's harmless until activated. Magda put the dropper in the vial, squeezed, brought it out again. A single drop of the dark red fluid dangled from the end. Now you take a close look. Remember how I showed you how I worked the meshwork fibers on Link's armor? Those fibers are made of filaments just like this is. Look close. You can see them. Billy leaned toward the dropper. He stared. Maybe the kid could learn to do some basic meshwork. Small maintenance stuff, perhaps. It would take time, though. Magic never came easy. He'd really have to apply himself. Maybe he would. He seemed like a good kid. Billy's eyes narrowed. He reached out with both hands, pinched the droplet. He pulled his hands apart. Between his left thumb and forefinger, a glimmering, wiggling strand of crimson. Between his right, one of ichor black that twisted and writhed. Magda couldn't believe it. How did you do that? Billy looked from one thread to the other. You just showed me. No, I didn't. That was some next-level shit. Way beyond Magda's abilities. Billy, how did you do that? It's okay. Just tell me. He gave her a sidelong glance, turned his focus back to the strands. He told me there were two kinds in there, he said. I saw them. I don't know. I, I just grabbed them. Magda knew spinners, professional fiber spinners, who couldn't do what Billy had just done. Disparity fibre, Magda said. The strand shriveled and crumbled into dust. Billy smiled. Man, that was cool. I mean, really cool. Can I chop a bullet now? Can I? Was he playing a role? Magda sniffed, searching for the scent of lies, of deceitfulness, of falsity. She smelled none of it. As far as she could tell, he was the same genuine person she thought he was, unenlightened and completely oblivious only a few days ago. There was more to this kid than he let on. Way more. Sure, Magda said. I'll show you how. Lincoln was in the nest, lying flat in the opening with that long rifle pointing out. What if he got eaten? How would Shitbird get back home? Mating season was coming up, and Shitbird had dozens of crows lined up to mount. Oh, and one goal. He usually didn't swing that way, but this gull hung out at the city dump, had a very yellow beak, and smelled of delicious garbage. As long as the other crows didn't find out, Shitbird was going to hammer those tail feathers. There, flying low, the ugly, stupid monster. A shadow sliding across open space, heading straight for the cows. Ugly and stupid, yes, but fast. Shitbird stopped flapping and glided, made as little noise as possible. He hoped Lincoln's first shot took the dumb animal down, because if it didn't, Lincoln was in trouble. Through the Barrett's scope, Lincoln watched the cattle scatter, 
lumber away from the ATV and each other in a desperate attempt to avoid what was coming. It was a wasted effort. The wyvern slid in like a silent, dark cloud. Clawed feet snatched up the first cow, talons digging deep into the screaming animal. Carrying its heavy burden, the wyvern flapped hard. It rose up perhaps 30 feet above the ground before letting go. The cow, still braying, fell fast. It hit the ground hard. What had been alive seconds earlier became a furry bag of damaged meat and broken bones. The wyvern dove at the second cow and repeated the process. Lincoln watched. He debated taking his shot, but the big-ass lizard moved so quickly, so smoothly. Wasn't time yet. The beast descended on the third cow. Talon sank, wings flapped, but this time the wyvern didn't drop its prey. Instead, its long neck twisted and its mouth, a mouth the size of Magda's beat-up desk, snapped down on the cow's head. The wyvern's neck arched, pulled. The cow's head popped free. Three fast in-flight chews and the beast gulped down the cow's head. The dripping corpse clutched in its claws. The scaled wyvern flew toward its burrow. It flew straight toward Lincoln. Come on, you big nasty, Lincoln whispered. Come and get some. Through the scope, he tracked the monster and waited for his moment. In the climate-ravaged world of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven. Pura is a geoengineered paradise that protects its fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. In a time when the world outside is unsafe, it's vital for Pura's existence that people rally behind the purpose of the city, and Demetria Lopez, head of the city's public relations, tirelessly promotes its idyllic image. But when she stumbles on a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she's willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Ray Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Remote island in frigid Lake Superior. A fabricated creature birthed from the mind of a disturbed genius stalks the very people who created it. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling author Scott Sigler is a classic tale of science gone horribly wrong. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Shitbird watched the stupid monster fly just above the ground streaking toward its nest. Lincoln was going to shoot it right in its ugly face. Good. Maybe the monster would drop that cow. Maybe Shitbird could peck away at it and get some raw beef. He preferred meat seasoned by a few days of rot, but he would take what he could get. Closing in. Closing in. The big gun fired. A boom spread across the open space. The monster dropped the cow and instantly soared higher. The headless corpse hit the ground and tumbled. 
The wyvern didn't look hurt. Lincoln had missed. Huge wings tucked tight against the body as the monster dove toward its nest, toward Lincoln. Lincoln stood, aimed the big weapon at the oncoming beast. What was the stupid man doing? If the next shot didn't kill, another boom, another miss. Wide wings unfurled, slowing the monster's speed. Legs reached toward the ground. The monster landed, its long, ugly neck driving a wide-open, tooth-filled jaws toward Lincoln. The jaws snapped down hard. A tiny Cheez-It-Poo accidentally escaped Shitbird's butt. Lincoln was dead. What was Shitbird going to do? The monster's head reared up, eyes staring down in apparent confusion. A third boom, but from a different direction. The side of the wyverns had burst outward in a cloud of delicious-looking blood and brains. The beast fell like a chunky poop. It slapped against the ground, neck twisted, wings askew. It didn't move. And there was Lincoln. He hadn't been in the nest after all. He'd been off to the side, hiding in a bush. A trick! Lincoln wasn't as dumb as Shitbird thought. Still dumb, though. Just as dumb. Gray cape trailing out behind him, Lincoln, that ugly hatchet in his hand, ran toward the monster. Lincoln drove the ATV up the dirt road toward the house. A crosswind snapped at the canvas tarp covering the cargo bed. He saw Svetlana walk out the front door, shrugging on her heavy jacket. Even from a distance, he could see her wide smile. He rolled to a stop right in front of her. He slid off the ATV, pulled the tarp aside to reveal the wyvern's severed head. It was so big, it didn't set in the cargo bed, but rather on it. The tip of the mouth extending off one side, the ravaged, meaty base of the skull off the other. Oh, it's bigger than I thought. She beamed with joy, with excitement. 30-footer, Lincoln said. Maybe a bit more. In his younger days, he would have measured the beast so he could share a grand story with his family, so his father could get all riled up that he had killed things bigger and meaner. But Link didn't care about shit like that anymore. There was no thrill or pride in killing a dumb animal. It was just business. Amazing work, Svetlana said. You're a hero, Lincoln Franks. Are you hurt? Are you hungry? I'm fine but I need to get back. Let's settle up, then you can drive me back to Laramie. Svetlana's unabashed joy faded. She looked sheepish and sad. Lincoln sighed. He'd known this was coming. I can't give you the bracelet of Harrenhal, she said. I, I just, I can't. It's been in my family for two centuries. It's all I have left. I sold everything else to start this ranch. Link looked to the house, to the barn, to the silos, then did a slow pan of the horizon. All you got, he said. Am I wrong in saying you own everything I can see in every direction? Svetlana glanced around herself. Not everything, she said. Maybe not, but her pause told Lincoln she owned most of it. A massive tract of land. 
You put out a contract, he said. I fulfilled that contract. Yeah, but you saw what it was doing to my business, and I, fuck you, pay me, Lincoln said. Her embarrassment shifted toward frustration. I'm not going to give you the bracelet. A Rixitor kills evil for the sake of what's right. You know killing that monster was the right thing to do, Lincoln. You know it. Don't punish me for having the bad luck of that wyvern ruining my land and ravaging my cattle. The land didn't look ruined to Lincoln. There were probably entire countries that were smaller than the area she owned. If she couldn't manage what she bought, that wasn't his problem. Fuck you, Lincoln said. Pay me. Tears formed, a single one rolling down her left cheek. She crossed her arms. You can still do the right thing, Rixator, she said. I know you have good in you, Lincoln. I know it. Maybe he did, but good wouldn't protect his son Sam on the shelf. He'd had enough of this shit. He reached under the wyvern's head, pulled out a chest-sized shard of egg. He tossed it onto the ground at Svetlana's feet. Svetlana stared at it in near shock. Turns out it was nesting, Lincoln said. Who knew? Three eggs. Well, two now. I'm not a biologist, but they seem pretty close to hatching. He nodded toward the shell. The one in that one had kicked a little bit when I finished it off. A few more days? He shrugged. It might have burst out all on its own, like its siblings will soon do. There's enough charred beef in that nest to last them two or three weeks, I figure. Enough for them to survive on till they can fly, start hunting for themselves. Svetlana wiped away the single tear. Give me the nest location, she said. I need to kill those eggs right away. Lincoln held out his hand, palm up. Fuck you. Pay me. Her jaw clenched. Her eyes burned with fury. Maybe she'd been a brawler before her transition. Hell, maybe she still was. But brawler or no, she wasn't deluded enough to take a swing at a Rixator. I'll just find the beast myself, she said. You couldn't find it when there was a one-ton flying lizard barbecuing entire cows in it, Lincoln said. And that was before I camouflaged it up a bit, you know, just to be sure. He curled his fingers and touched his fingertips to his palms twice. Bap, bap. Svetlana sneered and shook her head. She reached into her jacket pocket, came out with a bracelet. The textured gold shimmered with the iridescence of magic. You're no hero, Lincoln Franks. She set the bracelet on his palm. Tell me something I don't know. He slid it into his cloak. Now drive me back to Laramie, and I'll give you the nest location. Oh, if you got any booze for the ride, would you grab it? Turns out killing giant lizards works up one hell of a thirst. You have been listening to Slay, created and read by Scott Sigler. Copyright 2023, Empty Set Entertainment. For more information on the author and more books, visit scottsigler.com. Theme music is the song They're Watching Me by the band Superweapon. 
Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.